Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. My name is Marcus Matthews. I am a rapid transformational therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and coach. And in this exclusive series where we're going to talk about men particularly and that phrase man up, I want to look at where are the tribes for men and how does that affect their mental health and their purpose. So I hope you can join me on this exclusive series where we're going to have some amazing guests on the Talking Minds podcast. Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast and I have an amazing guest today and Tracy's with us as well. Say hello Tracy. Hello everyone. Hello. Right yeah we've got Dan Atkins who's from Buses for Homeless and I'm going to say this from the start. Dan is actually the inspiration for this series of podcasts and I just want to tell you a quick story before I introduce Dan. So we were on um, on a show called um, Morning Juice uh, through Check Your Socialites with John Arthur Scott and he was asked a question by Dev Forsyth about homelessness and about support for women and Dan made this comment and I, I get it wrong Dan just correct me in a minute but he said about the fact there's lots of support for females but there isn't that much support for men and it really struck a chord with me um, about about this so this podcast has really been created because of that comment that Dan made so without further ado I want to introduce Dan Atkins for Buses for Homeless Dan welcome thank you so much it's an absolute pleasure being here Marcus and Tracy and honestly mate um isn't isn't it amazing how one tiny little piece of uh, your time has actually shifted something and created something. And that's, that's awesome. And, and the more people that we can do that, the more people shifting because of uh, positive things and listening to podcasts and inspirational people like yourselves, uh, the better, you know, so I can't wait to, to delve in and I'm really excited and very grateful to, to be on the podcast as well. It's, it's all part of Napoleon Hill's mastermind principle two or more people sharing that common purpose to, to help people can move mountains. So that's what we're here. So Dan, tell us a little bit about who you are, how you, how your journey's kind of got to where you are now and what you're doing. And then we'll delve into that, that, that topic about, you know, male homelessness and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, go for it. Um, and I'm, I'm just, just before I start, I'm sat here with full body goosebumps. Uh, so that's a good sign that we're heading in the right direction <laughs> um Amazing. look I'm, I'm i'm a i'm a small town kiwi boy uh that's been over in london for the last 16 years now um came over for a two-year working holiday visa ended up staying 16 years um and essentially you know I, i've had a lot of personal tragedy and trauma in my life um you know, I got a call from my uh, my mother one day saying, Dan, your brother's missing. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, sweet, he's, he's fine. He's just had a fight with his missus. He'll come back. And then on the Monday, um, my father found his clothing on the riverbank. So that I, we knew that it wasn't good news. So I headed back to uh, New Zealand. Uh, I'd spent two weeks searching up and down the rivers. And then unfortunately... The police allowed us to close the, the, the dam, lower the water. And I had the, I say the pleasure now of, of seeing my brother's body being picked up into a body bag, um, which is one of the worst things that you could ever have in your life. But from there, um, 
uh, two weeks after that, family friend got murdered with a samurai sword, which, um, you know, again, that was a huge couple of weeks after that, other over the edge, and he had a mental health issue and a breakdown. And then I had to come back to London. So it was like, holy smoke. Um, uh, got back to, when I was in New Zealand, I was looking after everybody. And when I arrived in London, I was here by myself and sat in my room going round and round and round in circles. And it was, I, and I was lost. I was absolutely lost. And it wasn't until a great friend of mine said, right, Dan, pack your bags. You're coming away um, with me this weekend. And I went on an incredible weekend. Um, uh, that was my first weekend on plant medicine, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and that started that side of the journey. Now, the other side is obviously buses and coaches. So I've been building buses and coaches for quite a while now. And one day I walked into our yard to find uh, a good friend of mine who was 68 at the time, sleeping roughly, you put your luggage under a coach. Now that absolutely broke my heart because here was an old guy that had fallen on hard times. He had three dogs, so he couldn't get any uh, into housing. So the only thing that I could actually do for him was to buy him a bus, um, <laughs> which is pretty bonkers. But we headed out that day. We brought him a bus. Uh, we converted it into a space that him and his three kids, his dogs, uh, and his partner lived in uh, for two and a half years. Um, and, you know, I, ever since then, having a background in teaching also, I've been thinking that combining all of this, all of my life experience uh, into something that can make a big impact in people's lives and help them through the toughest times to get back on their feet, get out there and into employment and ultimately start living the life that they wanted to live. So that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm just pausing there because obviously I, I kind of know the story, but just hearing that and you say, you know, like man and man and man and man, but then it was the dog thing again, you know, cause that's a big thing. You know, a lot of homeless people, I come across this is that they don't have anybody and, and animals are there when they're on the streets to protect them, to be, to have that connection to that loving person. And actually they, they choose the animal over getting accommodation. And, and, and that is massive. It, 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 is, it is huge. So thank you. I mean, thank you for ch sharing that story for us. For Can a start. I just add, yeah. they, they choose unconditional love. Yes. At the end of the day, love is the keys to the universe. And that is the, the care and the compassion and the love is so crucial and that's far more crucial than a roof over their head um you know and that's that's one of the common misconceptions that the, the government do it's stick him in the house or her in a house and that's it job done it takes a know? box and actually interestingly i can i can share something personally with that that um in 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 where i live i won't name where i live because i don't want to sort of demean any of the local authorities or anything like that but the the homeless people were offered um accommodation which is everything great accommodation but what it was is that somebody might be in birmingham somebody might be in manchester somebody so they'd have these group of people that they've kind of connected to on the street that they felt relatively safe with um, you know, and whether that's connection with drugs or that they had a family, they had that connection. 
Um, and then just to break them up, a lot of them didn't choose it. It's like, well, you've been given a house. But I, I just want to, you ha- what you haven't expanded on, which I want you to expand on now, is this isn't just about buses for homeless. I want you to tell everybody what you're doing because these buses that you've got is not just about accommodation, which we always think about. Mm. People need accommodation. You're yep. looking at the whole person, mind, body, soul, spirit. So can you tell uh-huh. us a little bit more about kind of how you've expanded the needs of people? Let's not call them homeless people yeah absolutely and and that's 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 a really relevant point that you alluded to there as well marcus um let's try and break the stigmatism let's don't label them uh with labels that are negative have negative connotations these guys are just down on their luck yes they might have um, made the, the a few bad decisions or had had lost their job or something like that and we all know how close we are and to the breadline uh, especially through COVID. but so most day and night shelters just provide a tiny little fraction. So if you're a street homeless, you have to line up in a line to hopefully get into a, a hostel that night. If you do, happy days. Uh, then, you know, half your stuff will probably get stolen during the night. Then at seven o'clock in the morning, you got to put your bag on your back and, and leave. And you don't get any traction whatsoever. So we've got four buses. One of them's for shelter, one's for learning, one's for eating, and one's for wellness. And the wellness bus is by far and away the most important, but we'll get there. The reason and and why we're different is we say to people, here's your sleep pod for the next three, six, nine, 12 months. So instantly it gives them that certainty and just that whole, ugh, weight off their shoulders that they don't have to constantly fight, constantly hustle, um, constantly think, where am I going to bed down tonight? How am I going to get some food? Okay. When they're ready, we say, go and have a shower, get yourself cleaned up. Where do homeless street homeless people get showered? You know, where do they get cleaned up? Public toilets, probably the only place through COVID. Most of the public toilets were closed down. Okay. So, it's go and get yourself cleaned up, put on some fresh pants and socks and go and grab some clothes, feel good about yourself again. Then go over, head over to the kitchen bus and grab some grub, uh, sit down, one of the staff will make you some food or feel free to, to help yourself to whatever you want. It's like, holy smoke, I can go to a kitchen and get whatever I want and eat it, which is, just doesn't happen, you know? Um, and, then, and then we say, right, chill out. Get your body clock realigned to a little bit more normality, because if you again, you, if you if you're street homeless, you're awake all night and you're trying to find somewhere really to sleep at, at some point during the day. So it's after probably three or four days that you see almost a twinkle or a sparkle back in their eye, you know, and the colour come back into their cheeks, and it's like they get rest and, and they're well fed and they don't have to constantly hustle. Most of them sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. And that's for obvious reasons. But from there and when they're ready, we start trying to strip back the layers of how and why most people wrongly assume that drugs and alcohol were the reasons why they're homeless. However, I believe that they're a, con- a coping mechanism for a life on the street 
but most importantly, life in their heads and their hearts, Marcus. Now, 80% of everything is psychology and the rest is just stepping stones and holding their hands and working them towards the right people and the right opportunities. But it, it's, that, it's that first initial part of the journey that nobody in the homeless sector has really uh, thought about. Everyone just says, give them a job, give them a house, see you later, jobs are good in, you know. But where we find people um, in their journey at that particular time to where they need to be in order to even think about uh, getting a job is just a huge, huge leap. And for some of them, it's too far. You know, and we try not to set them up for failure. So every step of the way, if they do have hiccups, we pick themselves up, um, help them up, dust them off, give them a slap um, uh, on the back and say, you've got this. Come on, let's do it. Let's let's step one step forward each and every day. Yeah, just I'll, I'll bring Tracy in a second. But one of the things that you just mentioned there is actually what people need is purpose. They don't yeah. need a home. When I was in Uganda, I, I was lucky enough, we've got friends who live over in Uganda, and it was really interesting. One of the things I noticed, these people are living in abject poverty, but they're all happy. And the reason why they're happy is because they've got a purpose every day. They've got something to do. They're being creative. Um, but also, they've got connection. And as we know, I certainly know because I work with people um, who suffer with drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol is nothing to do with drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol is to do with connection. It's actually nothing to do with, it is about taking pain away, but often it can be a learnt behavior or it can just be, I need to connect to something. You know, yeah. a heroin needle is not going to give you any grief. A bottle mm -hmm. of Jack Daniels is not going to give you any grief. Actually, it's going to maybe numb the pain. It's going to take you to another place. It's just going to take that edge off life. And those psychological challenges, I just want to really... Um, I just want to ask a quick question about that. Certainly with men, I just, I'd like to know your experience just with that dynamic between males and females and the psychological challenges and the support that's out there. Because this is the, the thing I really want to chat about on this podcast is about the support that women may have if they're homeless. You know, we, we all go through the same challenges. We are, we are, humans living in experience with spirits living in experience you know gender really has nothing to do with that dynamic of how we feel but there are certain opportunities that are open more to female homeless people than males and i'd really like to just discuss that a little bit further because that was one of the things yeah. that really inspired this podcast and then and then yep. we'll bring tracy in to see if she's got anything that she wants to add yeah absolutely and look if you're female and a female with children, obviously, and, and understandably, you get first rights of um, the, the, the council look after you first. But if you're a single, predominantly white male, you're probably the last on the list because essentially you're probably the most privileged um, uh, per se. Now, that's, that's absolute, absolutely bonkers. You know, how could you leave a 68-year-old man to sleep under a coach luggage compartment? That that just defies logic, you know, and that 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 literally broke my heart. That was the moment that my life changed, and and I'm glad to say that he's now got a roof over his head um, because of the help and support that we we gave him, you know. 
Do you know what's crazy? So I'm sitting here listening to this, and first of all, I'm completely and utterly blown away by just your backstory and, and what you're doing. And it's just so it's so humane what you're doing. And that sounds a weird thing to say, but it makes you realise how inhumane the whole situation is. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to put my hands up and I am going to publicly say I, I have previously judged and I never, ever looked at it from the other aspect, which you have both actually just totally enlightened me on, with the aspect that you were talking about with the dog. Because mm-hmm. in the past, I've always just thought, oh, got nowhere to live, but you can afford a dog. And I hold my hands up. That is an awful thing to think. But it was from the ignorance of yep. seeing the other side, not understanding that they were after that, the the connection, um, the love, the unconditional love and everything else like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you were talking, and obviously we kind of got onto the um, female versus male side of things, is I'm just sitting there thinking from my perspective from my background from the teachings that I've had growing up it seems that if you see a homeless female it's because she's been in uh, tragic events maybe she's escaped domestic abuse or something like that it's um, appears to be people appear to be more compassionate towards women thinking oh dear let's let's take care of her let's put all these services on and I'm not saying they don't deserve it but when it comes to a man it's almost like what did you do wrong there's a lot of judgment there what did you do wrong you obviously did something you shouldn't have done and that's why you've ended up there maybe you were greedy maybe you um were awful when you got kicked out home whatever it is but there seems to be this real divide and it's just as you were talking it's just kind of hit me in the face um and I don't consider myself to be very judgmental and everything else as a person. And if I've seen that, then what does everyone else think? Mm. Yeah, I just want to add something. See, Tracy, this is the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast series because you just said something there. It's about I was taught up to, be- I was brought up to believe. Okay, so like me, you, you know, kind of born in the 70s, grown up in the 80s, you've got that very male-dominated environment where the woman stays at home. Man, you know, the feminist movement started in the 70s, and I'm not going to compare this to feminism. I'm just saying that that is rightly so, that women should have the same opportunities. People from BAME backgrounds should have the same opportunities. People from LGBTQ, um, you know, backgrounds should have the same opportunities. I get that completely. I agree with it 100%. My point is, is that we're still, and our governments actually, and, and everybody else, are still working on these these stories and these ideals based on their own programming from the 60s, 70s and 80s. But society isn't like that. Opportunity is there. And as a police officer and as a a professional development officer, when I was in the police, I had a discussion around this. They did a a big thing about equality and, and talking to people. And I said to the person who'd written this course, if I'm 20 joining the police now, I was born in, you know, end of the 90s, start of the start of the noughties. Actually, empowerment of women is still there. We haven't got it right. Don't get me wrong. We've still got a long way to go. But my point is, is that they don't see that differentiation between LGBTQ. They don't see that differentiation between BAME. They don't see that differentiation between empowerment of all sexes. 
Um, but the people who create these, are, we're still living in the past instead of actually looking at this. Hmm. And, and, and I've spent a long time not doing something like this or having a voice for the simple reason that I've gone, if I say this as a white heterosexual man, I'm going to get shot down. How dare you? You've suppressed women. You've suppressed all. I haven't. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I feel I, your I'm pain, a, buddy. I feel I, your yeah, pain. I'm a victim of other people's prejudice. And what, and, and this came out of actually some stuff. I work with some amazing females in what I do in RTT, Marissa, Sean, we've got some, just some amazing entrepreneurial women just in the world. And I look up to them. I've learned so much from them, but we need, we need to give white male, the, the, the choice to be vulnerable and the courage to go. We're not living in the seventies and eighties. And we talked about vulnerability just beforehand, myself and Dan. So Dan, can we, can we move on to that? I, I think that's really important, isn't it? So, you know, how do these, these, these males that are homeless, you know, let's talk about pride. Let's talk about the ability to be vulnerable. The, you know, how is their programming from when they were growing up affected them? You know, that guy you talked about is 68. He's got a partner. He's got children. You know, that pride and that lack of purpose, I guess, because that was a big thing for me. Where's my purpose? I'm a provider. I'm a hunter. You can't take millions of years of evolution. And then within about 30, 40, 50 years go, okay, we're changing the rules. You don't count anymore. And, and, and that's the way sometimes, Phil, I know that's how I felt. So I'd love your viewpoint on that, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. And I think finding your purpose is, is, is incredibly, incredibly important. And, and again, you know, I've, uh, I've got full body goosebumps when I say that. Um, I, I certainly have found, found my purpose in, in life, which is amazing. And I've got boys that have come through our program that have really struggled um, struggled with the notion of trying to get a job, um, struggled with the notion of, um, struggled with booze and, and things that have happened in their past, traumatic issues and, and, and things that have led up. Um, so I had a chat with this, uh, one of, one of our guys this morning saying, I don't want to work. I want to do something like you're doing that makes a difference in people's lives. And and that is that is the thing, and and you know I had tears in my eyes when he was saying that because he he was a guy that um, has tried to commit suicide five different occasions, you know, and that's the thing, that's the thing, and he said kochamcie, which is I love you in in Polish, um, and what I what I, I just it just wells me up thinking about it and thinking about how. 12 months ago we only met and, and now the support and the network and the love that we share with these guys and that's what it's all about yeah and i think I, i've mentioned this a few times but i will mention it again is that our, our measure of success certainly in the, in the western society is between the ages of zero and four you get to play then you enter a system where you've got to be academically perfect so you can go and get a degree and get a job so that by the time you're 70 you've got a good pension and die and we measure that as being successful but actually when you look at the true entrepreneurs most of them were dropouts you know you look at, at people like henry ford and you look at these massive people back in the 20s most of them didn't even have an education you know, our, our real entrepreneurs are people who break the rules and break the boundaries and push. 
uh, things are amazing. And the, one of the things that I will say from the homeless people that I've spoken to, if you're in that situation, you have to get entrepreneurial. <laughs> if you're going to survive, you've got to work out how am I going to get shelter? How am I going to eat? How am I, you know, that might, that might be through illegal means. But you know what? You get entrepreneurial, yep. you get creative. When your back's against the wall, all of a sudden you learn how to cook. Now, when you take those skills of some of those people that maybe they don't realize that they're entrepreneurial skills and you can then mentor them, tutor them, coach them and give them that opportunity, because actually maybe that's why they're on the streets, because they can't find their place in that very linear, mm -hmm. academic you know, way of doing things that we call success in quotes. Who can? Who can these days, eh? <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> but you're, 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 you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I want to, one of the things that I want to just talk about now but very quickly, unless Pressy's got something to add in, because I know I'm taking over again, Pressy. Um, is I want to talk about the psychological challenges because you said that it's like 80% is psychological and I just want to have a chat about what those barriers are for the people that you deal with uh, and those traumas and some of the challenges that you come across. Because that's obviously why we connected originally mm -hmm. to see how, you know, I can try and support you to get your work out there, you know, connecting you to the amazing RTT team to see, you know, how can we help support that and, and, and all the rest of it, which, which will go on towards the end. But just tell me about those psychological challenges, because I know you said on the show that we were on was that the biggest problem you've got is, is they've got a period of time to try and get themselves right in their head. But, but they haven't got months and years to be in therapy and actually don't have access to good therapy. So can you tell me a little bit about those types of challenges and how that really impacts? Well, yeah. And, and, and first off, you know, I'm not a box ticker, as you probably could imagine. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm more on the woo-woo end of the spectrum in terms of the, the healing and all of that kind of stuff that I've done. Um, everybody, it's all, it's all physics. It's not woo-woo. It's physics. It's science. Physi I'm, I'm on the more physics side it's, end it's of physics. the scale. Human then. physics is called. And I, I look, I love woo-woo. I love physics as well. I love physics and woo-woo. So I, I don't know how we can join those together. But look, um, everyone who we've had the pleasure to be introduced to has a story. And the vast majority of their stories stem back to their childhood or um, tragic um, uh, things that have happened in the past but fundamentally it comes down to the lack of love and when you strip everything back that's why the homeless man with a dog on the street won't want to move because he can't move into a house and not leave, take his dog you know and that's the thing um, every, everybody has a different trauma absolutely uh, everybody um, uh, has different coping mechanisms. Some of those coping mechanisms aren't quite as effective uh, longer term. Um, so that's what we try to do. We try to help them strip back all the layers of all of the stuff that's been going on. Um, 
the people who are more open and most open about the fact about their homelessness, about their current situation, and about the things that have gone on in the past, they're the ones that, funnily enough, actually get the most value out of the trainers and healers um, and developments uh, people that we use. And that's really crucial. The guys that, that have come through the program and kind of been ashamed or embarrassed um, about it, you can see that you can see that there's things going on that you just wish they would open up about. And that's by far and away our biggest challenge is to build the trust of these people to let go and be open and honest with us in a supportive environment. And that's what I love about uh, RTT. And I'm having my first session tomorrow. But I like the things like the, um, the plant medicine, the ayahuasca, the abogas and that kind of stuff. I love jumping in deep and, and just getting that healing and, and then trying to move forward. But, you know, we've got so many different modalities of training and healing uh, available to the guys. And the fantastic thing is all of us staff all partake in those modalities. And from my perspective, it's really interesting and amazing because each one of those modalities, whether it was just um, the, the, the end of the spectrum, the, the, the plant medicine or just Reiki or energy healing or faith-based stuff or talking to a, a counselor or something like that, that all led me to the same place, which is amazing if you think because each of the guys are going to identify with one or another of the modalities rather than something else. So let's put, let's, let's facilitate that um, for them. And it's again, a you know, it's a toolkit, isn't it? It's providing a toolkit rather than a tick box. And, and that's important. I absolutely. Think, like you say, often people need to strip down those layers. So it may be that their entrance into that is Reiki, but it may just be, and, and I'll, I'll tell a story on this. So I worked, I, I, I'll, I'll say it, I worked for British Transport Police. That's where I used to be. And a lot of homeless people used to use the stations because they were safe places. Now, we mm -hmm. used to have a shelter in the corner where a lot of the homeless people used to hang around in the night. So I come in on an early. Now, we, they're not allowed to be on there. It is private premises. You know, there is laws around it, blah, 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 blah. But the two options, if you want to ask somebody to move on, you can go, get out of here. This is the law. You can't be here. Or you do what I did. You go in, you get changed, you just check the, the logs, you make sure there's nothing happening that you need to deal with. Then you go into the kitchen, you make a cup of coffee, you send it out and say, and say morning guys, how you doing? Listen, you know you're not supposed to be on the station. Here's a cup of coffee, pack your stuff up. And when I come back off, you know, just move on. But if you need anything, just let me know. How many times did I get any grief off people when I did that? Never. What I did get though, was that those people that didn't know me as a police officer were very, very resistant and argumentative because their experience around trust was that they were just going to be given the letter of the law. And when I left, mm -hmm. when I left the police, I spoke to a couple of the homeless people and said, listen, I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving. And I was honored that they said, you can't leave. We need police officers like you. Yeah. You know, for, for personal reasons, I couldn't stay in. And that always yep. that always kept with me. And and I've I've been in situations where because of those relationships that I've built, I've been in tricky situations, and I've had homeless people who are ready to kind of back me up. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. One thousand Because when I what I've found is, and I've even had when we've dealt with homeless people when they've been down on their luck and they've committed an offence, and we've had to arrest them. Got to do it, but they've gone. I'm really sorry. <laughs> now, if it was somebody <laughs> else, they wouldn't have done it, but they've apologised. Yeah, and I never, ju- I never judged. I dealt with what I had in front of me, yeah. and of course, at times, I'd, I, 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 you know, I would have a go at them and go, listen. You know you're not supposed to do that. You know what it is. I'm giving them the letter of the law because sometimes you just need that. But it was very rare. It was very rare that I ever had any real trouble. And there was a lot. I, I, I there was a mutual respect there. Um, you know, drugs is always big in, in that environment. But they knew there was no dealing. Very rarely was there any dealing that happened when I was on shift. If they knew I was on shift, no dealing happened on my patch because. Mm-hmm out of respect mm-hmm. they tended to move away <laughs> which is yep. great for me because because it reduced my crimes which was fantastic <laughs> no paperwork you know but, um, but look but, look that's just human nature absolutely. be kind be, be kind. kind treat other people how you would like to be treated yourself and if if as you rightly so if you come in all guns blazing this is that this is this you're gonna get a, a, a mirror reflection yeah. Treat people with compassion, treat people with love, um, be there for them. And then, you know, every single one of the boys that have come through our program would take a bullet for us um, without without a doubt. And rightly so, we would for them. And one of the things also I think that's really important, you often see, you will see homeless people that are asking for money. I would always say never give anybody any money. Um, but you know what, even if you can't afford to give them a sandwich or a cup of tea or something like that, do you know what you can do? You can just ask one simple question. I've seen, I've, I've seen you there. I just want to know, I just want to tell you that everything's going to be okay. The universe has got your back. And as long as you believe and have faith and do the right thing by other people, it's going to come back to you and just have those conversations, give people hope, give those people, just notice them. I think that yeah, on absolutely. its own can be more than anything that you can give them. Time. Time, yeah. How are you today, sir? How are you yeah. today, ma'am? How often do you think those people get that question? You know, and what I, what I say to, to everybody, I prefer not to give money as well, but I also um, have um, been thinking a hell of a lot more on, who am I to judge what that person needs right there? You know, yeah. maybe, maybe they do need a fix or something like that. Obviously I, I, me, myself personally, I'd rather give them my time than the money for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, I always say you can't help everybody, but you can change somebody's life. Yeah. Build a relationship with one person on the street and every single day that you see them hi joe john jane whatever how are you today like that shirt that you're wearing you know give them some of your time and say i'll see you tomorrow same time same place and watch the smile that they have when they see you walking up with you smiling to them and imagine how that makes somebody who feels invisible how much of an impact that can have on that person's life. 
Yeah, and also by doing that, you give them that self-respect. You give them that something that nobody else is giving them. So if you imagine that you are that person on the street and every day somebody recognizes and sees you and honors you and makes you feel as though, you know, you, you have some purpose there, then you can get through your you can get through your day. You know, and things happen, opportunities happen. So I think you're right. It's you know, see see the world through the lens of love, I think is the Gabby Bernstein phrase is is try and see the world through the lens of love. <laughs> Have you got any questions, Tracy? Is there anything that you want to Yeah, no, I was just actually thinking, kind of on the flip side of that, I think a lot of people... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. A lot of people will um, avoid, avoid eye contact, avoid talking, do the exact opposite of what you just said and the exact opposite of what people need. Mm -hmm. That, do you think, is the reason why... Why are people scared or like fearful of engaging in any way shape or form with homeless people rules of the mind tracy is the unfamiliar that's what it is it's making the the rules of the mind making the unfamiliar familiar it's unfamiliar it's not in your thing is it where's that where's that fear come from that stops people one of the one absolutely one of the key things and again i've got goosebumps is to break uh, of, of one of one of my major things about um, buses for homeless in our program is to break the stigmatism of homelessness, mm. and that is that's essentially what we're what we're talking about now. These you cannot come down onto our site and meet the boys and not be completely changed in the way you think of homeless people you know and that's that is that is amazing and these are the some of the nicest men that you'd ever meet in your life that have just fallen on hard times haven't had a support network and haven't had the toolkit to help them avoid that downward spiral yeah I think I think there needs to be. It's almost like you need to take your bus on the road. Okay, um, well, that segues. That segues because that was where I was going next. I don't know. See, the universe has got our back. Okay, so I want to just talk about this because we took you talked about the four buses. We've done this. I want you to. I want you to give me that vision. I know your vision. I know what you want to do with it. So you know, there's going to be people listening to this podcast there might be people out there that have got the money there might be people who are hearing those stories and I I want you to tell me what your vision is where you want to be taking this because it all starts needlepoint moves as my my latest coach Lisa Nichols says needlepoint moves you know look at the micro and you'll get the macro so we've been talking at the micro let's have a look at the macro where where how do you see success I know you're already successful in what you're doing but when you can sit back and go, I've, you know, we've made that impact. We've done what we need to do. What is your grand vision of what you'd like to see? I always set out with fairly ambitious goals. Um, I want to change the way that the provision of homeless services is done in this country and then beyond. So what we're doing is actually creating a model that can be scaled, that can be shared, that can be licensed to whatever. When we create that, then it changes the way 
fundamentally homeless services is done. So that's where we are. And that's why I love connecting with people like yourselves and the listeners on this podcast. Um, that's why I love connecting with the RTT group and cannot wait for the symposium um, on the 1st of July. But where we're head, where we are right now to where we will be in 12 to 18 months is completely different. So we're moving away from the buses because buses aren't safe, which is, again, a whole lot of BS. However, we've taken uh, the guidance um, from the government. Uh, we're listening to the major homeless stakeholders um, uh, that are out there at the moment. We're moving into modular homes. So uh, fingers crossed, we're very, very close to securing half a million pounds worth of modules to house people um, in single sleeping dwellings, which are just state of the art. Um, so we're super excited about that. When we get into bricks and mortar, then we, uh, then we can create a more sustainable business model around our transformational change model. And when we do that, then we can literally take this um, model, cookie cutter it for every single different sector, for homeless people, for homeless women, for vulnerable, for care leavers, for ex-offenders, you name it, or we can call it a center of excellence. Every single one of us has our own challenges. This, the toolkits that, uh, you know, that RTT and the likes can, um, can give these people is better. And then we want to get as many people involved in sharing the light, sharing the love, uh, helping um, train, mentor, um, guide the, the, the groups of people coming through our program and then other people. You know, we've got massive, massive vision and without a shadow of doubt, we're the right people to take it for. And I think the thing is, there's a great phrase, there's no transformation without detoxification. So you have to you have to get rid of the past before you can actually do that. And that's the same what you're doing. You start off with the buses, but people, we've already recognized that actually the place is where people need to be. Connected Absolutely. And we needed that whole thing. So whether it's a bus, whether it's a house, whether it's a prefab, Actually, it doesn't matter where it is. What we need is connection, love, 1, purpose, and that's what you're doing. So what I want to do now is I want to give people the opportunity to connect with you. I want people to go out there and promote what you're doing. This is so important. You know, homelessness affects everybody. You know, I don't care what you say. Even if you haven't been homeless, it affects everybody. It, 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 it puts so many resources on our councils, on our police, on our health service, where we it doesn't need to be and, and we've, mm. we've got to do all, our bit on how we can help so what i want i want you to do now is just tell people where they can find you um i know that they can donate if they want to donate but also i want people who are maybe listening to this that work in this sector who've listened to your inspirational story and want to get involved and want to find out more we may have entrepreneurs out there that have got money that can go listen dan i'm with you i've got this i understand it and I want to help you, I want to support you, I want to give you money to be able to do this. So, yeah, just tell me what's going on and I'll talk a little bit about the symposium and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. And, and, and yeah, so one of, the, one of the key things I always say as well is homelessness is a community-wide issue. So it needs a community-wide solution with as many stakeholders as possible coming together to collaborate, work together for the end user. 
Um, if you have um, been kind of inspired or, or would like to follow our journey, please visit our website, which is buses the number four homeless.org. So buses for homeless.org. Um, we'd love you to reach out, connect with us on socials. Um, click our volunteer form and, and fill in for a volunteer form. Anything you can do to help would be absolutely brilliant. Um, thank you very much for your time and listening. Um, and of course, Marcus and Tracy, thank you ever so much as well. Yes, I just wanted to mention, so I reached out to the RTT method team, which is our kind of part of our clinical research team with rapid transformational therapy and Marissa Pia. And I, I basically said to them, if you don't get the, the one person you need on this panel, this symposium that we're doing on the 1st of July, we're, we're going to be talking about anxiety. We're going to be looking at all the different ways in which we need to change things around well-being and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll pop that in the show notes. Dan, I'll, we'll put all the other stuff in the show notes as well. Um, but Tracy, do you want to ask the final question? Because Dan doesn't know we're going to ask the final question. No, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. This is this is fine, but it'll make you think. So, Tracy, I'll leave the last bit up to you. Okay, so Dan, every time we do a podcast, we ask um, our guest to either create their own or think of their favourite quote to share with the listeners. We've got this. Perfect. Love it. We've simplicity. got this. We've simplicity is best. We've got I've this. Said, I've, I've said that. I've said that so many times, and it's so simple. Mm. We've got this with an arm around whoever you say. Okay, so it. with that, I'm going to end this podcast by saying this: We've got this, and Dan, we've got you. Amazing. So we're behind you. We're supporting you. And you're doing amazing work. And let's let's make that dream of yours come true. So anybody who's listened to this, anybody who wants to find out any more, get in contact with Dan, uh, leave some comments on the podcast. And more importantly, share this podcast. And the next time you say, see a homeless person, just say, how are you doing? And what do you need right now from me? And just spend that time. So thank you very much, Dan. Thanks so much, Dan. It was really and with good. that, I think that's Amazing. a perfect way to, to end. So thank you very much. See everybody. This podcast will uh, continue. We've got some more amazing guests um, to uh, come on to this podcast. But yeah, once again, Dan, thank you very much. Amazing. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, guys. See you all soon. today's podcast why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds and don't forget to give us a little like thanks very much for listening see you soon